The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. What exactly needs to be believed for the reception of eternal salvation? Is it Jesus' attributes? Is it Jesus' deeds? Is it his death and resurrection? Is it his virgin birth? Well, thank you for joining us today on Grace in Focus. As we consider this question, this is the radio and podcast ministry of the Grace Evangelical Society. Find out more about us by going to faithalone.org. You will find our many articles and resources there. You will also find out about our national and regional conferences. That's faithalone.org. Now with today's question and discussion, here are Bob Wilkin and Leon Atkins. I believe you have a question, Leon, from Greg. Yes, Greg says that he believes that Jesus did many wonderful miracles, but he has an issue, and that is he believes in Jesus as the giver of eternal life. But if I simply believe that a man named Jesus did many wonderful miracles, uh, does that mean that I have believed in him to receive eternal life? Yeah, that's a good question. Basically, his question boils down to, am I saved if I believe Jesus did many mighty miracles, right? Right. So say a person believes that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. That's one of the signs in John's gospel, right? Yes. Or that he turned water into wine. Yes. Right? That's another miracle. Or that he walked on water or that he fed the 5,000. Those are all signs in John's gospel. And we know from John 20, 31, that the purpose of the signs was to lead people to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing that, they would have life in his name, right? Yes. So the signs certainly can and should lead a person to believe in the promise of everlasting life. Right. But Greg's point is, believing in the signs in and of themselves is not saving. Right. Because you could believe many true things about Jesus and yet not believe in the gift of everlasting life. So it seems to me that what we need to recognize is the purpose of the signs was not merely to get people to believe Jesus did signs. So, Bob, are you saying that you could believe that Jesus was actually God because no one else could raise the dead or heal the blind and so on? But you could believe this about Jesus in the virgin birth and even that he died and rose from the dead and still not have eternal life. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that's Greg's point. You see, if the condition is John 3.16, right? Right. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, which I believe alludes to the incarnation and to his death on the cross in light of verses 14 and 15, when he says, if I'm lifted up, which Uh probably refers to the cross. Yes. So he's alluding to the father giving the son to live this perfect life, to do these miracles, to die on the cross, to rise from the dead, so that whoever believes in him will not perish, but has everlasting life. Everlasting life. So if I believe that, I have everlasting life. But if I just believe that God sent his son and he lived a sinless life and did many miracles and died on the cross and rose again, I've not yet believed I'll never perish but have everlasting life. Those are not the same thing. Yes. 
in I fact, see what you're saying. In fact, if you talk to most Catholics, mm-hmm. let's say they're a devout Catholic, wouldn't they believe that Jesus did many miracles? They would agree 100%. And yet they wouldn't believe that they are secure. Right. The same thing with Orthodox or Arminians, people who believe you can lose mm-hmm. your salvation, or even Calvinists who believe you've either got to persevere in order to prove you're saved or persevere in order to gain what some Calvinists call final salvation, right? Yes. And so the big problem with all of this is you end up having a situation where people are believing, how did he put it, something about his deeds? He believed in all of the marvelous deeds and even Jesus' attributes. Does that mean he has eternal life? Okay, and let's mention some of the attributes. Okay, he's eternal, right? Yes. Uh, He is omniscient. He knows all things. He's omnipotent, right? Yes. He is loving. Uh, He is kind. He has all the attributes of deity. He's unchangeable, right? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's immutable. He's impeccable. He's unable to sin. He never did sin, never will sin, never could sin. You could believe all those things and pass an exam on Christology, you know, get an A in your class on Christology, and yet not believe in the free gift of everlasting life. I think Greg's making a good point. Whether it's his attributes or whether it's his miraculous deeds— Those things point us to the saving message, but those things aren't the saving message. Right. The saving message is John 3.16. Never perish, has everlasting life. If we leave out the never perish, has everlasting life, we've left out what Zane Hodges used to call the bullseye, right? You know, like if you have a target, let's say it's whether it's a dartboard or for archery, in the center... There's this red dot that is the bullseye. Well, in many sports, you know, hitting that bullseye gives you a lot of points, right? Well, in terms of everlasting life, you need to believe the bullseye or you're not yet born again. Because you can believe all these peripheral things, which are very important. And on the other hand, Leon, wouldn't it also be possible to not believe some important truths about Jesus, but yet believe in him for the gift of everlasting life. I believe that is correct. So, for example, a person might believe in Jesus for the gift of everlasting life and yet not understand that he's eternal. Not understand the virgin birth. They might not understand or believe the virgin birth. The Trinity. Of course, this is nuts. How (laughs) How could he live a sinless life? If he wasn't born of a virgin and yeah, the Trinity, how could he be praying to the father? How could he be God and praying to the father unless God is a Trinity? Yes. But having said all that, people don't necessarily have all their theology worked out when they come to faith, right? Absolutely. That's true. And so I I think we have another question. If we have time uh, later, we'll get to it. But this one woman asked a question about, I have believed that Jesus is the Son of God for years, but recently I've started hearing he's God, and that confuses me. (laughs) Well, there's a whole lot of people who profess that Jesus is the Son of God, and the evangelist goes, great, you got it. Yes. And yet, if you press them and said, so what does that mean? 
they would not give you a good answer because they haven't taken Christology yet. <laughs> so I guess my point is, or Greg's point, is we need to believe in the giver, the Lord Jesus Christ, for the gift which is everlasting life. And all of the miracles and all of the attributes of Jesus, all of that leads us to believe that. But we need to get to the bullseye. Would you say then that a lot of the evangelizing done by Christians and done by a lot of local churches come close to the truth, but they miss the bullseye? You know, that's a great point, Leon. I would. Because let's say they spend a lot of time talking about sinfulness. You know, a lot of these people, they'll say, you're a sinner, you're separated from God. Well, it is true we're sinners, but it's really not true that we're separated from God because of our sins, because that's the whole point of the blood of Christ, right? Yes. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, so that, as Lewis Berry Chafer used to say, because of the blood of Christ, we no longer have a sin issue, we have a son issue. Yes. Do you believe in the son for the gift of everlasting life? But yeah, the way a lot of people evangelize, they're proclaiming a lot of true things, they may talk about the deity of Christ. They may talk about his death on the cross for our sins, his bodily resurrection from the dead. They may mention some of the signs which he did, right? They may mention the virgin birth. Uh, they may mention his eternality. But if they don't get around to the eternality of the gift, yes. the gift he gives, <laughs> then they've given a, a message that's less than the message that the Lord Jesus Christ himself gave. So many times, totally, we talk about uh, going to heaven, uh, having uh, salvation from sins, being delivered from our sins, and so on, but we leave out the most important thing, eternal life. Yeah. Even if we talk about going to heaven, it would seem like that's pretty much equivalent to everlasting life, Yes. except here's what I found. A pastor friend of mine after I said something back in about 2006, I wrote an article in Grace and Focus, which then was a newsletter, became a magazine, I think, in 2009. I wrote an article in which I said we must believe in Jesus for the gift of everlasting life. And he was objecting to that. And so he ended up having a letter correspondence with Zane Hodges, who'd been a prof for both of us. At one point, the guy said that he always asks people, if you were to die today and God said, why should I let you into heaven, what would you say? And after he would evangelize someone, let's say they gave the wrong answer, at the end he would say something like, so do you believe Jesus is your Savior or something like that, going back to David's question from the previous. The yes. guy would say yes, and so then he'd say, so if you die today, where would you go? And he'd say heaven. And they'd say, why? Because I believe Jesus is my Savior. In the discussion with Hodges, Hodges wrote back and said, you're saying that the person is saying, I believed I am saved for now. And he put for now in all caps. But Jesus said, he who believes in me is saved forever. And he put forever in all caps. He said, believing that I'm saved for now is not the same believing I'm saved forever. It's and so, a big difference. A big difference. And so I think we need to emphasize the fact I mean, somebody can believe that I'm going to heaven for now, but I might lose it if I become an alcoholic or if I stop going to church or if I stop taking communion. What they need to recognize is I'm saved forever. Not just for now, but forever. That's why everlasting life is everlasting life. Yes. 
You'll never hunger. You'll never thirst. You'll never be cast out. You'll never die spiritually. And you have everlasting life. Well, that was a great question by Greg. And uh, thank you. And when you send in your questions to radio at faithalone.org, do not give us a dissertation. (laughs) Give us a sentence or two. Because we tend to answer those short questions more than lengthy, long ones. Well, thanks so much. And remember, keep grace in focus. Would you like to deepen your understanding of Scripture and the Christian life? Well, a great place to start is our website. It's faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. We've got all kinds of free materials on the site available for you. One of those which is extremely popular is our magazine, Grace in Focus. It comes out six times a year. It's full color, easy to read, and people are really growing who read it. So stop by and get a free subscription at faithalone.org. We are so happy when we hear from listeners. Maybe you've got a question or comment or feedback. If so, please send us a message. Here's our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next episode, how does eternal salvation happen during the tribulation period? Please join us for that. And until then, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.